All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E media.ie. Hello guys, it's the All Things Techie Podcast, episode 55. I'm Dustin Dawson, thank you for joining us. No Simon, it's been so busy this time of the year. But Merry Christmas to you all. I'm wearing a Christmas jumper. <laughs> and if you'd like to get in contact with the program, it's flashing up on your screen if you're watching us on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash C Justin Dawson. That's where you will see all the, our episodes in the past. And this episode, episode 55, our Christmas edition. I was hoping to have more people on this program for the Christmas edition. But you know what? It's Christmas time. It's the 22nd of December while I'm recording this uh, podcast and everyone is so ridiculously busy. Some people only finishing work. I finished work uh, last Friday and I'm still playing catch up with myself. Um, so how are you getting on? You know, a lot of easing of restrictions, new restrictions here in Ireland and um, our pubs are closing at 8 p.m every day from now until the 30th of January. So uh, we're not going to be ringing the bells in on New Year's Day here in Ireland in any way, shape or form. Um, restrictions on household visits. They're recommending that you keep your limits low over the Christmas period. We're trying to do so here. Um, thankfully, schools are still open. But this Omicron variation of the virus of COVID-19, it's it's rampant and it's strong in England but it I fear it's going to come into Ireland tenfold after Christmas unfortunately but here look we're not here to talk about COVID-19 as much as possible we're going to talk about AB and technology have a great program lined up for you do you remember back in episode 47 if you haven't listened to episode 47 do listen to that after this episode episode 47 of the all things techie podcast i spoke with john roche from ct ireland and alan burns from nep europe who are setting up a graduate program to teach people audiovisual it's probably one of the first of kind and um, for both ireland and england you know you know like there's so many times where People, I hear of people that's gone into media backgrounds, into sound backgrounds, doing a bit of TV, but there's no audiovisual qualification. Okay, then not to say that this is an audiovisual qualification. They took eight interns and then we're going to train them up. And um, so earlier on, I spoke with Shane Slevin from NEP Europe uh, and moved over to CT Ireland on a while back and also Alicia who's one of the interns and this is what they had to say it's the all things techie podcast you know we we talked about this um a while back where we had CT Ireland were doing a grad program I'm joined by Shane and Anisha Shane you sort of had a lot of uh background in helping these grads um and the teaching we're going first of all Jane I'm going to come to you and say like, give me a bit of background of your time with CT it's it's you've been you've, you've been with them for many many years now at the stage yeah so yeah so CT I suppose CT itself in Ireland I joined back in uh, early 2020 so not too long just in CT department but as in the group NEP and CT uh 2010 i started in so yeah so it's a good few years there um started off in 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 nepr and was observe at the time as pretty much similar to anisha here as a as a graduate three of us brought in 
Um, two was fresh out of college, didn't know a thing. Uh, another from another company who, who, who was coming in as well with broadcasts and AV, all that was all new to us. Um, went across each department, started off in vision, went to rigging, went to audio, kind of saw a bit of everything. Uh, 10 years of that, going from graduate to broadcast engineer to senior broadcast engineer to head of engineering to designing the trucks that we were working in and building them. And then uh, from project managing those to moving over to, to CT, where I am now, came in as a technical development manager, did a bit of it the live side, integration side, and then since joining CT, then I moved into the, the head of system integrations. So projects from what I was finishing off in NEP, I, I do on a daily basis, and it's, it's pretty enjoyable, and that's where I ended up. And to see new graduates coming in now and going through the same, and there's eight of them this time, it's it's a great thing and it's, it's kind of interesting i kind of have my own interest of oh so what did you like where are you going and, uh, and well, getting through that? It's, it's definitely one of a kind we we mentioned this in in our previous podcast episode where ct ireland have pretty much come out with a graduate program that is not being done in ireland and england mm. yes we have our college courses to study media but there's no av course there's no fundamental audio visual and this is av well it's such a big umbrella you know i studied radio simon lang my co-presenter he studied sound engineering we ended up coming together and uh doing a podcast and we we worked together for many years and simon works for ct as well so but there there hasn't been anything and i i know you guys have been working behind the scenes with avixa the audio visual association how how difficult anita coming to you like how difficult was it like where did you see the advertisement for this role or where did you hear about it and how did you go about applying and end up being one of the candidates i was very very close to not applying at all because it was like the week of hell when the application was due it was the week that my dissertation was due there was like a podcast competition that was on at the same time and i was like will i go for it or will i not go for it i was like oh maybe i'll just wait until next year but we got an email from our like course supervisor saying this is a really good opportunity if you're interested at all in any of like the av side of broadcasting like this is a good foot in the door uh, and I was like reading the course and I like sent it around to my friends I was like this sounds amazing look at all the different stuff like this is what we were doing in college like and having a chance to get paid to do it that would be so good so they said go do it like just apply and if you don't get it sure you can always try again if they do it again so I applied and then was waiting around to see what would happen and then I got it I was delighted but I was just literally like if I hadn't got the email from my lecture I never would have found it it was just that you need to in. be listening to more podcasts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this podcast, Shane. How many how many people did we have apply, and how did you go around selecting the the final eight? Uh, it was with so many. It was countless, and going through them and just finding the people. Like the good thing that we saw from that was, if we do this program again. There'll be no shortage of it, and the more people we can kind of get in and, and applied and to select the better. But whittling it whittling it down to eight people. It wasn't easy, and I feel for the people who, who probably didn't make the cut this time, but, you know, apply again, we'll, we'll be doing this again, this has been a great success, but um, getting the people like Anisha and the rest of them, it's um, it's great, and it's what I like about it as well, is speaking to them and kind of doing an end of year kind of um, catch up with them, they are coming back with, oh, I like this area and I like that area, they're not all focusing in one area, which is showing that it's kind of good that we're spreading the, the workload across all the groups and they're, and they're getting that interest. Now, people bring it up all the time. 
there's too many males in the AV industry. It's great to see some females uh, entering the world of AV and getting noticed in the world of AV as well. And these are, you, you have to get on to AV tweeps as well now. I, I, I'm going to plug that, you know, on AV in the AM if you haven't started doing that already. Um, but how, how many males to females did you have then, uh, Shane? In the, in the yeah, it's, it's funny. A lot of people won't believe this, but like we didn't actually go, let's get Exodus and why that. But we ended up with four male, four female. Uh, and that was literally just, just as yeah. it came down. And again, it sounds too ideal, but, but that's what came of it. Uh, and it's exactly kind of what you want to see. Um, as we all know, it kind of was male dominant, dominant for a while, certain roles, females, but that's changing now. That, that's, it's becoming a lot more diverse around the each area and anisha so what have you been doing in the past couple of months with with that's a great question it's been so varied it's like <laughs> what haven't i been doing we're kind of do, going around like doing a bit of everything i've got like to do like some just really cool things that i never thought i'd be a part of i was in um the one of the government buildings for it was for expo to like launch expo so they had some um irish like traditional uh uh, band come in and they were just I like nearly <laughs> I was so embarrassed and I was really crying watching it because it was the first time I'd seen live music in about a year and a half and I used to go to a gig every week nearly and it was like the first time and having it be like an Irish trad band like it was amazing to see it and yeah we've been doing a lot of um, VC operating which I think is a really good skill to have um, mm. because the world that we're in now it's everything is video conferencing everything is online and i'm being able to set them like set people up for success basically when we go into a live show i think makes a big difference so that's uh yeah that's some of the stuff we've been doing but it's great in that like every time i go to set a, a day to set up even if i'm doing a vc operation i know that whoever's there will show me what's going on like no matter what it is if there's a sound engineer there they'll show me if there's a vision mixer mixer there everyone is so kind with their time and very willing to teach us and that's been across the board have you have you shaken off those nerves you know what like <laughs> i worked with simon for over six years in a financial firm in dublin and i tell you what it it, it took a long time for the two of us to go right I, i've got this or for him to who was teaching me a couple of things uh, in the building to go, right, you can leave me alone now, you know, okay. <laughs> Have you got over those nerves yet? I'm very anxious in general, but I, I find when, once we go live, it's like a switch goes off in my brain yeah. and you, you don't have time to be worried anymore. You just have to go with the flow and, and make sure that you do the best job that you can possibly do. So yeah, I'm usually anxious before the show starts, but once we kick it off, then there's just no time to be worried. You just have to go. <laughs> well, I think Shane will agree as well that there's times where we all do live events and we are listening to every single thing that we do and watching everything and just realize half the people in this room didn't notice you making that mistake, you know, and just like, just go with the flow. It's no one looked at me strangely. It's fine. It's good. Everyone's everything's going clear. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like when you do a live event, like, like if it's an entertainment show or it goes off for record, you're kind of going, oh, I'll have to clean that up and, and edit now. Or if it's a live event, like if you're watching a rugby match and it's 80 minutes and you're sitting there and you see a, a camera pan or something that's strange and you're just like head and hands you're going oh no everybody at home is just not even aware of that but as, as soon as that on air time comes and it ticks down to it yeah you're, you're just switched on and you're you're watching everything Anisha no brought up a great uh point there like the first time she's been at a live event in over mm -hmm. nearly a year and a half Does, was there ever any stage of when you were 
recruiting that you thought, hold on a minute, um, this might not actually work out according to plan because of COVID. Was that a bit of a knockback? Or were you thinking, oh God, well, I, well, we can get them into the building, but will we be able to give them roles to do if we can't get out onto the workplace? Yeah, I suppose we always wanted to do this program. Um, COVID, obviously, I don't think anyone obviously saw it coming, but uh, it wasn't going to stop us. Like, even myself, when I moved from NEP over to the CT into this role, it was months before pretty much first lockdown and pandemic. And I wasn't too dissimilar to the graduates coming in. Um, there's still colleagues of mine I still haven't met in person, you know, because <laughs> we all work remotely now and yeah. we'll meet in the office at the time where there's projects going on. But as far as bringing the grad graduates in, bring them in, make them part of the team, put them out on the, on the gigs we can do, uh, come online, do the uh, team's calls as much as can. And they're just like us, to be honest. It wasn't anything different that we're going to be brought in and, and treated differently. But yeah, challenging times. Um, I, I'm sure, Anisha, there's probably still people you haven't met either that, that we work with. Um, and that, that's how it is. Uh, like, like Anisha, I brought out to a a system integrations project and a couple of months in it was the first time I'd met Anisha um, after coming on board because she's about on live jobs and play everybody we can't all just gather together now on, on one job and see how it's going we have to pick the days we go on site and what what jobs we attend um, so by the time you get scheduled onto a job I'm on then you catch up and you, you, you see what's going on there then as well yeah, um, a lot of emails going back and forth, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you see emails and notes, Teams calls for uh, probably what would have been just a, a, a chat over a coffee in the office. You know? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Anisha, like, apart from the, the the live music, has there been any other area that you just went, yeah, that's where I can see myself falling into if I, if I got a role? Uh, that's a really good question. Everyone always asks me that and I don't really know. I feel like I still need to like get my hands on everything. I like I have an interest in sound. I have an interest in in college. I loved vision mixing, but it was a lot less pressure when you're doing it for like a college TV show compared to when you're doing it for like actual TV or for an event. So but we do have that chance to kind of to learn when we're like not on when we're setting up for a job, say. So like that I'm excited to learn more and like get more hands-on doing stuff like that. Um yeah, but I don't know. I I'll I'll wait and see until further down the line. I want to learn as much as I can before I decide. And what you I know do. what? Like I think anyone that's been in the industry for a long time will say that you never settle. <laughs> <laughs> you never you never decide. Now this is what I want to keep on doing for the next fifty years or forty years. Like it's con it's a constantly changing industry. We we talked before on on our previous episodes uh, that like. CT and NEP, because they're part of NEP, there's loads of courses that you can do, I guess, online. And um, of course, there's a VIXA and the CTS. Are you thinking of going down that route? Would you have you started cracking the book open for any CTS or any VIXA courses? Um, well, I was doing a course in Pulse over the last few months in the background. So that kind of took up a lot of my time. Whenever I had free time, I was like trying to do my assignments for that. But I'm finished now. So uh, I want to try get into I we did like our, a little bit of the like the starter courses for Avixa. So I have those done, but I want to do like the Dante training and stuff because it's it's kind of relevant. I'm going into um, sound in NEP and we were speaking with some of the people that had been in NEP and the girl that had done sound said, yeah, maybe do your Dante course because it would just be helpful for you to to know so that's next that's what i'm going to do over my christmas break i'm going to have a little look about <laughs> yeah well look the, the great thing is that they are online you know you, you don't have to tour around to to now 
have you been given the opportunity to or any talks in the future maybe shane can can answer this is there any talks of going overseas and doing some gigs and doing some events yeah, so, so one thing we're definitely doing in the new year, we're looking at bringing some grads over to our UK office a bunch over there and introducing you to some different events, um, apart from the Irish gigs that you, you, you're probably used to. So yeah, definitely coming over to our UK office. So CT Ireland have a system integrations department in the UK office, and there's obviously CT UK, there's NEP UK, so definitely over to the UK is um, planned for the new year, yeah. Yeah. Have you have you met all your other graduate uh, friends now, Anita? Yeah, I have indeed, but they're all lovely. I like it's such it's such amazing. Like that what we were saying about I said in my interview as well, I was I was like really excited to go into CT and NEP because like when I was doing my research for the interview, I was like looking and I was like, this is so great for there's so many women like in prominent roles and that there was the 50-50 split. Like I know it wasn't intentional, but that there's other like girls because in college, I, I don't mean to like be disparaging about it, but a lot of the time it could be a bit of a boys club where the lads would get in at the equipment first and the girls were too quiet to say anything. Like I don't want to make stereotypes, but we were, we just didn't like, we let everyone push in ahead of us so that it, it's really nice to have a good like group of there's like a mix of ages as well I think I'm, I'm the baby but I think we have like <laughs> 23 to 30s so like there's a great like range of experience across us and everyone is coming from different courses so they all have like different knowledge but they're all again like willing to share it with each other and have, have you found the same chain out on in, in on the workplace that you can just yeah. drop them into different roles and go right off go go play yeah, definitely. And kind of what you were getting at there, like one of the most important things was changing around different roles. Uh, like a line I said, I think every graduate when we were having our calls last week was I started off in, in vision when I started my kind of program. And I was like, yeah, this is great. I want to be a vision engineer. Why can't I just stay here now? But you go do three months in every other department. And then I come back to the vision department to kind of go, you know, I'll be a much better vision engineer now because I know what the sound issues are. I know what the rigging issues are, the VT issues, graphics, all that kind of side of it. Uh, and getting around in all those areas uh, and each of those kind of advice advice I gave you and, and everyone else is taking as much knowledge from every department as you can because it makes you a better person for whatever department you end up in uh, just getting all the information in is great and take the courses in so, so like the joy of NEP is all those online courses they're available to you as, as an employee and they're there and they're great and um, you don't always get those and, and what we're kind of saying as well the, the, there's no perfect college course for doing this so, so you don't get that training until you're in in here and you're you're part of NEP um, and CT and that's and that's the joy of that as well so it's great to get those and so <laughs> the, we're ending the first I guess six to eight months of the course how, how long more have all these graduates got with you guys for the end uh, of the course well, so it's three months. So, so come the new year, um, we'll do a swap. So we'll get the four that were NEP, and um, and CT will get will get our four. So yeah, the new year is a is a new office, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, are you looking forward to the new challenge, Anita, with a different area? Yeah, definitely. I'm just again, I just want to learn everything I can. I'm I'm really excited. I know like that the guys in the other NEP really enjoyed themselves, and I know that we enjoyed ourselves in CT. So we'll be swapping over, and we'll we'll all get to share a few points hopefully in the future and and trade what we've learned in our in our swap over <laughs> now i i know with COVID, i i personally have decided that i'm not going to go to isc in in february um is there any talks of you guys going across to isc 
I, I don't think uh, yet. Like we talked about, like IBC had won its pass and that got cancelled. So it's kind of, it's all seeing it as it comes, really. Um, yeah. COVID is, and we have to be very careful with jobs as well, that we, we can't risk really taking people out at the moment. And that's a large part of, of, of COVID, um, especially now with, with the new wave coming around. But we meet clients on a daily basis. You know, we need to be careful and think about them as well. So. Um, anything like that, yeah, we'll just have and to And I, I guess I guess I guess it has put a, a challenge on a chain. Like if you are trying to get the likes of Anisha out with mm. you, that you're counting numbers of how many people are working with you and can you get that many people into the building at a given time to, to do the installs or do any of the live events. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we can't just turn up to a job and bring who we want now. There's so much paperwork and clearance beforehand. Um like like we've got some clients now who are doing installs for but just to get somebody on site, you know, you have to call ahead, you have to get paperwork signed, you have to uh, get pre-clearance with COVID um, and get tested and then turn on site. So it's a lot harder to kind of, especially when we're, when we're scheduling the, um, the graduates of what projects to put them on. The, the live projects might be a bit easier because we're always, let's say, based in one of our studios and that's easier to probably bring people in and out of there. And the integration side of it might be moving to a, a large company's office space to, to somebody else's space. And it's less easy to go into somebody else's kind of bubble, let's say, in their company. But when it's our space, it's a bit easier. So, so one of the risks, one of the challenges we had as well was introducing the graduates to the system integrations um, pillar of CT. In, in CT, we have the live events, system integrations, managed services. And um, getting everyone around those departments was, was a little bit tricky as well. well Anisha had the joy of coming out one day. It was an outdoor event. It was nice and rainy. It wasn't the best day <laughs> to, to experience. Do the cold there. ones first and pull the cables, and then you know whether yeah. you want to stick them or not. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like, you know, every, everyone's sort of, like, you, you find out, Nini, everyone starts off as a roadie at some stage, pulling cables and, and stuff, and doing the dirty jobs first before they realize, uh, okay. But I guess, Anisha, because as Shane mentioned that it's an in-house studio, it's given it's that layer of comfortableness, knowing that it's your own equipment that you're not going out on site and having to to rig it up and just hope to pray, do a little prayer, and you know <laughs> that, that it's kind of everything's yeah, got to switch on and it works. Yeah, it, it, I I know from my experience of live events that was always the case that you know even when you're hiring. A, equipment you know you're checking and double checking that mixing desk to make sure that it's actually physically working properly um yeah and that's why the nerves when whereas when it's in-house it's a bit different there's no such thing as it worked yesterday you know <laughs> the same is going to work today <laughs> even like, like a fiber cable or any cable someone will take a brand new one out of a packet and give it to you and he goes oh it's brand new it's going to work and he goes no it just means it hasn't worked before you know so <laughs> you still, still have to test it yeah, yeah. so um have you have you joined all the uh social medias anisha now with or, or have you sort of like because you've been studying so much you've, you've parked that <laughs> end, end of of exploitation to like the av world with av tweets and av and the am and stuff i know i wouldn't be very familiar now <laughs> it's more ignorance on my part the only thing i've, I've seen like bits and pieces that actually the install that we did that day in the rain i saw the finished version of that it looked great i was like well oh. It does bring like you know what I, I always think even if you have spent days in installing something or setting up something for a temporary event 
it's it's some bit of satisfaction knowing that you were involved in the background of, of making that happen and you know like i think i bore my wife all the time and just go yeah i was involved in that i did that you know <laughs> it's like yeah yeah whatever yeah uh, i i like i i don't i don't know about you guys but you talk about video and stuff like that and live events and um, i can't my wife will actually tell you that i cannot watch a film without starting to break it down piece by piece and go oh wow look at the or you uh, simon if if you met simon simon will actually bow for me we walk into a room and like there's the um just behind me on the, on that green screen there there's the um expo that's down at chq and the heritage one simon and i walked in there uh, getting a tour and all we did, started doing was breaking it apart going oh right so they have an xbox up there and that's how that's <laughs> oh right and yeah there's the touch uh, you know like we weren't actually uh, like going wow like look at look how well this is put together it's it's more technology and breaking it apart i'm, I'm sure <laughs> you did the same yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to come to you, Nisha. I think everything's going to be destroyed <laughs> for you. <laughs> I, I watch uh, sports now, and you're looking at how many camera angles the replays are coming from, or whether someone's like, basically get to the point where you can really tell what camera type the slow-mo came from, because you know the color matrix is trying to match that in with, with something else. And uh, again, watching a uh, reality TV now, because you do a lot of LE shows, and you know it's all pre-recorded, and they do sections, and they edit it together to make it all look like it's... It's all happening at the same time. So I'd be sitting at home watching something and you just ruin it for the next person. You're going, no, they didn't record all that at the same time. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> that's, just, like, that's just one know, camera and they did a lot of sections and they put it together. It's wearing a different colour tie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, continue. Yeah, that's a terrible thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, so, so watching TV is totally different now. It, it's a different experience. Do you know what? I, I can't actually listen to radio without starting to break it down because I, I was a sound <laughs> technician way back when in my college days with, with News Talk and Today FM. But... I always know when something is going wrong in the studio. Yeah. You can hear the change of someone's voice going, okay, and yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, your computer's st stalled there, you know, or... Yeah, you know, a sudden song change or something. So I had one before where I was, I, was out, I was out walking the dog, actually, and one of my colleagues was texting me going, are you watching the, the rugby match, the Welsh game or whatever? And I was like, no, I'm not at home. So it's, oh, it's a disaster. So you, you can tell what goes wrong. Or the graphics gone off the screen or, or it's stuck in one camera. So basically, when a truck fails and you've got a UPS backup, you probably have a, a reader panel cutting the show or you got one camera or it's just the commentator's mic down you lose all graphics so this happened to some broadcaster in, in the uk i rush home to run into the living room to see what's going on and the, the, they're sitting there watching a match and i was like oh, i heard it's a disaster and they're kind of going oh what oh, i suppose yeah i didn't know who the last sub was coming on says, well there's no graphics there's a glitch between every camera cut you know but they don't notice these things but if i was sitting there i'd be having a heart attack yeah, yeah. what's going on the, the, the normal dose <laughs> does not yeah. does not identify what, what we go through on yeah. a daily basis you know and if if, if you if you haven't like broken sweat doing some of these live events you, you know there's something there's something terribly wrong um, well, Anisha, wish you all the best in 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 this role and um, and change over to a new department. I I you know I from working in the industry for some time, soak it all up because it's you know it's and and take all the online courses you can get over the Christmas period. If you if you're not doing anything else, if you're not if we're not allowed to meet friends and we have to stay socially distanced, well, now's the time to study, I guess. Yeah. Shane, great to talk to you as always. Yeah. I, like, you know what? I think we should do this separately in again in the future where I'm going to put the two of you under the spotlight. You, you gave a bit of a background uh, 
to to both of how you start in an AB. For Nisha, this is a this is a big move into the world um, of AB, and I guess you're going to spend some time to try and figure out which which area you want to get into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I need to get my hands on everything and and make a decision then. <laughs> I look, you like you got you got a nice road mic as well. You know, <laughs> I, you know. Uh, tell me, Shade, has Anita ever used the lines like, "Can I just borrow this for the weekend and and, yeah. and, and test it out"? Yeah, the, the warehouse is probably empty now for Christmas. You know, they're all brought from home to <laughs> set up for the studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really enjoyed talking with Alicia and uh, Shane Slevin uh, from uh, NEP, or sorry, I keep on saying NEP. It used to be NEP Europe, but now it's CT Ireland as well. But like all under one umbrella, CT Ireland. Um, great bunch of guys and girls there. And uh, wish Alicia the very best um, as she goes on with her intern. Really great that it was not expected, but uh, it was a 50 50 with four men, four women that joined uh, CT Ireland in the intern programme and we are going to be catching up with them in the new year too. If you'd like to get in contact with the programme, visit us at www.allthingstech.ie. You can Twitter AB Tech Junkies um, and my personal Twitter uh, feed is, or my personal Twitter uh, handle is also on screen as well. Now, what did you do over the past year on Zoom? Well, God, you know, with the, the winter lockdowns and everything, it's been a tough year. And I do you know what I at the very beginning of the year, the second lockdown in January. Thank God if we go into lockdown like we did last January, uh, at least I'm I think we're a bit wiser to COVID um, and we're. A lot of things changed in my personal life where I changed job. I found out more about my son with his autism and a lot of things have changed and I want to thank all the AV tweeps and all the AV professionals who's got behind me when I've just been busy between changing jobs and doing this podcast and also looking after families where people send me private messages from time to time just asking me how I am yeah and it's really appreciated really appreciated and I thank you thank you all thank you for um for getting in contact with us but I like this. This Zoom came out with this. How did we Zoom over the past year? You know what? Zoom has been great. <laughs> For me, I wish I just put more shares in Zoom when before it like absolutely exploded. Is it balancing out? Who knows? You know, Microsoft Teams maybe taking a bit of the market too. Are we ever going to leave the world of Zoom? No, I don't. Per I personally don't think so. I think we're in a hybrid model going forward for quite some time now. I know campuses want to get us back onto campus. We have been back on campus. It's worked to some extent. Um, but I still believe that like we do a lot on Zoom. I do a lot on Zoom with podcasts, talking to people. I agree some meetings could easily be emails, quick emails rather than calls. But what have we done about these meetings? Right. So Zoom has uh, shown over uh, the past um, 12 months. 68% dress casually for video meetings. Yep, I always dress casually for, for meetings. Well, you know what? I don't have to wear a shirt and tie in, in my main work job. So the only time I wore a suit and tie was when I was going for an interview virtually for my, for my new role at DCU. Um, almost half of you, 47% of you said it's okay to eat during meetings. If you're going to eat during meetings, turn off your webcam. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's my personal thought unless it is something non-informal uh, getting together doing the av uh happy hours i miss them i wish chris would bring them back av happy hours i think we'd still need a couple of av happy hours from time to time maybe not every fortnight maybe it was a bit too much but even just once a month get in touch with people and see how people are and um, i know there was one after the ltsmg enjoyed that uh 26 never or almost never showered before hopping on calls you dirty so-and-sos i i have a routine uh, personally i have a routine it's very rare that i don't have a shower before heading to work even if i'm working from home and sitting on virtual calls and um, what you're saying, 71% uh, have said you are on mute. Yes, we've done that. 57% uh, have said, can you see my screen? No, I've never seen done that, but um, I support a lot of calls in my role. 21% have said, oh, sorry, I lost uh, where I was. 21% have said, next slide, please. And do you know what? Um, I support a lot of Zoom calls, and I'm so glad that Zoom have uh, enabled that new feature where um, if I'm sharing the slides that someone else can press next. If they have the latest Zoom interface, a lot of people don't update all the time. Update your Zoom. You hear me? Justin said, update your Zoom. 75% um, of users say they wave at the end of their meetings. Yes, I still do that. I'm sorry, I, I do wave at the end of meetings. 73% attended happy hour drinks at some game or some game night. Yes, doing that. 34% have attended a fitness or cooking class. Uh, not a fitness class, not a cooking class, drinking class, yes. I We had a couple of uh, beer tastings. Um, when you're not at your desk, these are the most popular places that you're taking meetings. 42% from their bedside. Uh, no, never taking a, a Zoom call from bed. 21% uh, meet while walking or jogging. Uh, no, I rather phone someone usually local when that's ha happening 11 percent use zoom on public transport no never have i don't id security never have don't feel comfortable sometimes even don't even feel comfortable taking a phone call on public transport and as well i'm wearing masks usually face masks when i'm uh yeah your top backgrounds well Sorry, I'm not over in a big studio overlooking Dublin City. This is a green screen behind me. If you hadn't guessed that, that's Dublin City behind me and the Samuel Becker Bridge. Um, we asked your favourite types of virtual backgrounds, Zoom did. This is what you said. Outdoor landscapes, 26%. Well, that's an outdoor sort of landscape. Blurred backgrounds. No, I don't really like blurred backgrounds. Unless there's a lot of crap behind you. Um, that's the only time I use it. And sometimes in my office, I use the blurred background effect but I, I have a different background for virtual background for my office space and uh, business company background no um i think maybe once or twice i've used the the university logo on mine and um, what's happening behind the scenes 43 percent cleaned only part of their room visible on camera yes yes i can say that uh 43 percent of parents had their kids show up during a meeting yes and i think if we're working from home we should be allowed the interruptions of a child walking into a meeting. And you know what? I think it should be accepted at this stage. You know, worse things have happened. I think it's accepted. And um, 39% said private I chatted with friend or colleague uh, to make them laugh. So using using the chat box 
making another colleague laugh while an important board meeting is going on. I can't confirm or deny I've done that. Uh, 36% had a pet show up during a meeting. I don't have any pets, so I can't say uh, I have. Um, what other funny things have happened in your Zoom or meetings? Uh, this was brought out by Zoom. Uh, I'm sure it happens uh, on Microsoft Teams as well. And uh, <laughs> really enjoyed that. Now, Mike Slammer is under the spotlight uh, on this episode, Christmas episode of episode 55 of the All Things Techie podcast. Mike has uh, got a CTS during the year. And he'll tell you about that during this uh, short interview. And uh, he also has created an album, an EP. And we gave Mike a bit of a plug. Uh, All Things Techie Podcast, episode 55. I think the last time we had Mike on was during the like the first wave of the COVID pandemic. Mm. <laughs> what a great episode that was, Mike. You know, we had so much, <laughs> so much fun. It's just like, everyone's at home. Everyone doesn't know whether they're supposed to work or not. Uh, you know, uh, people don't have equipment, so they can't work. Yeah. People are, are emailing us, phoning us or whatever. But you know what? Let's do a podcast for like two hours. And that's pretty much what we did at Lib. And we had so many AV, AV professionals from around the world on just going, we don't know what's happening next. You know, let's let's just go with flow. Everyone at the time, Mike, remember when we thought that I remember all, all going to be over in two weeks time. We're just going to oh. enjoy, the, enjoy, enjoy the annual leave and the holidays. <laughs> How young we were. <laughs> our youth, our youthfulness and our, our optimism back then uh, to be young again. Yeah. Well, like, thankfully, thankfully, the two of us are still in, in jobs and in roles because like the AV industry has taken a battering, especially if you're working in live events. And, yeah, for sure. Um, it's how, how's things in the COVID world over there in New Jersey, isn't it? Yeah. New Jersey. Yes. So, um, you know, for, for folks listening and or watching, if you're watching, you know, Justin, I don't know if you're going to put this video anywhere, but, um, you know, I, I, I am sorry that I look the way I do. Uh, <laughs> I have a voice for radio, a face for radio, as they say. That's what I like to say. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's a crapshoot. Mm. And what I mean by that is wherever you go in the US, each individual state here in the United States is like its own country. Mm. And yeah, you know, it was kind of set up that way by design, blah, blah, blah. We can get into all that later. But ultimately what has happened is that you now have people who fall into two camps. You either fall into a blue camp or a red camp. And without getting too political about it, the reds are, you know, the, you know, let's go against the communal good of society. The reds are very much me, 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 very selfish, very much. I want what I want. And, you know, if I have to wear a mask, then you are fringing on my freedoms and how dare you and blah, 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 blah. So that's the way it's been for the past God, you know, however long we've been here. And as a result of that, we now have new variants and, and, you know, folks didn't want to get vaccinated. They, they, they wanted to do their own thing and they wanted to, I don't know, travel and live their lives as if there was no pandemic. They ignored all the science. They ignored all the guidance, you know, they, they, they go into people's, you know, places of congregation, whether it be at churches or assemblies 
or when it comes to live events, you know, you, a live event vendor can come in and say, no, you need to have a vaccination to get in. But you know, Justin, people are liars. They don't oh, care. Look. They're not going to, they're not going to follow the rules for X, Y, Z reason. And look, I'm not perfect. I don't follow the rules half the time. You know, I don't, I don't, if, if I don't have to wear my mask, I don't wear my mask. It's that simple. Now I do more often because the variants are back and we know that, you know, vaccinations aren't as effective as they were, you mm. know, so let's go back to wearing the mask. Yes. I, I I'm going to wear mine forever on public transit. I don't know about you, but being oh, on no, a bus I, I, or a totally. train. Yeah. Like just wear the mask because we are, we're, we're back to full capacity on buses and trains. Same. Uh, yeah. Same. Now, and like that, they, our Dublin bus says, keep the windows open. And I'm thinking, could you not just put a lock that keeps the windows open? Like the little, just let air and proper ventilation go mm -hmm. through the, to the bus. But no, like people close them. It's winter time. People close them. The amount of people like you, we know all know the joke emails of like, if you can tuck your, your penis into your underpants, <laughs> why, why can't you tuck your your mask over exactly. your nose like you know like what exactly. is the problem here guys you know you know you don't show your your private parts in public then why do you have to show your nose you know exactly um, it and yeah people wearing the masks that you know beard nappies as as we have called them as well like but we're back to full capacity i will yeah i totally agree i will totally wear a mask everywhere i go like we're on university what campus where like the 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 um the lecturer doesn't have to wear a face mask the students do but like you're talking like 200 plus people in in a in a room at times and yeah. and then again you know like they there's places that i've been there's pubs i've been in that like yeah you have to nearly ask them like do you want to see my covert pass and people are taking like they don't even watch you opening the app, so you might as well yeah. have a screenshot of the the COVID pass. They're not like cross referencing; they just want the business. So this yeah, is, I mean, Justin, out. listen. You know, at the end of the day, no, but nobody wants to be going around showing cards and badges and passes and and having to carry a, a vaccination card. You know, like, like here in the U.S., our public school system, you had to be vaccinated. You have a vaccine card as a as a child that has to be submitted to the schools because all these kids are coming in and coming in coming in like this is how we prevent these diseases this is how we prevent people from mass dying from preventable illnesses and there's nothing wrong with that there really isn't but as an adult i'm a 35 year old man in the united states i don't want to feel like i'm a kid again oh i gotta show my pass i gotta get up and go to the bathroom do i need a hall pass you know mr mm. mr bartender can i go to the bathroom like i don't want to do that stuff either i get it you know i i understand that point but the only way we're going to get to a point where none of us have to do that anymore is if we all just go back to those first two weeks. Like we said, we're all in it together. Are yeah. we in it together? Because it don't freaking feel like it. It feels like half of us are working really hard on this group project. And then the other half are just hanging out at home, watching TV, hoping that we're going to do the homework for them. That's what it is. And our society is global, whether we like it or not. And we have to get right with that collectively or we're we are all going down and that's what it is right now we are all going down and nobody's gonna have a good time why fight it why fight it justin there's no point just do the thing so we can get to the other side of this faster it's mm. that simple yeah it is so true mike now, uh, 
but does it does work are you is, is your employer allowed to ask you have you been yes. vaccinated? they are allowed to ask yes. you. okay yeah. yes so so our uh you know i i work for a global media company the uh, uh discovery incorporated and we have uh obviously we have more than 100 employees we have about nine thousand, and we do have a vaccination requirement for people coming to the office uh, you have to submit your vaccination record to security and that allows you free access to the building to do your job as you normally would it took zero time you just take a photo of your vaccine card you send it to the head of security and they log it and you know you get your approval to come in it takes no time at all it takes no time and honestly like we still have to mask up in the office we are now limiting personnel coming into conference rooms you have to be masked the only place you don't have to be masked is like at your own personal workstation eating and that's pretty much it or or in the cafeteria eating now you know to to that end to that end with, with the way that um uh the new variants are very highly infectious blah 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 they have decided that for the next few weeks through the holidays, of course, you know, everyone just work remote, you know, there have been a few positive cases as a result, uh, all protocols have been followed, um, you know, even myself, you know, I'm, I'm one of the few technology people in the building every day. So I'm exposed to everybody, basically. And, and, you know, for someone like me, I have to wear my mask around everyone I talk to every single conference room I go into. So I'm very cognizant, yeah, yeah. right? You know, and, and, you know, you know, like AV people, we're not exactly all over the building. You know, there's usually one per campus if you're lucky. Right. Yep. So, you know, if, well, like if something it's happens just, to just us, like that, I got a, like I have my work mobile. I have my personal mobile. I got a SMS message to say I was a close contact. Mm -hmm. And I, at first I thought it was a fake message because I was like, why is this coming to my work? phone and that's like oh yeah. eight, and so i went off did my pcr thankfully negative but i then worked out that there was one thing that i did that someone might have had my work number because i'm only new to the mm. role like oh i'm less than a year in the role so sure. i think who has my my work number so um yeah and i sort of worked it back and went okay there, there must have been someone that got COVID um in in a certain meeting but thankfully negative but i i just really woke me up and just went, I need to wear my mask on campus all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, look, you, may, you to all our listeners, Mike Slammer joins us under the spotlight <laughs> for All Things Techie, uh, episode 55. Uh, Mike, uh, we'll, we, you did mention who you work for, but where did it all begin in the AV industry? For where you? did it all begin? Gosh, once upon uh, a time. <laughs> once upon a time. Once upon a time. I mean, you know, like, like if we go, if we go way back, mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, all right, Justin, I'm gonna take you back to a smoky jazz club in some town in New Jersey, when outside COVID of New never York City. Existed. Way, way before, <laughs> in the before four times. Um, my father's a musician. He plays guitar. He's, he's a, he's a. Uh, a, a very talented guitar player and he he played with many of the greats and um uh many jazz clubs and i would go with him as as a wee lad uh you know four five six years old and i would sit in these smoky clubs back when you could smoke indoors and you could you could you know it was wild times you know these were the 80s early 90s and he would sit me 
generally near the soundboard so he could like see me he would know where i was and um i would i would sit there basically to myself you know playing with my action figure or whatever but i would see all the pretty lights i would see oh all yeah the that's, that's what we're gonna get to all that like pretty lights all, all that outboard <laughs> outboard gear all the eqs and the compressors and everything that they had you know uh, uh leading out and i would see all the little buttons and knobs and things and you know I'm, I'm i'm just a kid you know that that's that's the bread and butter for a kid you show me pretty lights you show me buttons and knobs i'm gonna touch things i'm gonna touch things <laughs> i actually have a uh a, a very funny memory uh, my dad was in the studio and i was in the control room and i turned i turned something i don't remember what it was but i remember i turned a knob and it was just a huge squelch of feedback in the session room. So <laughs> I clearly turned the gain up on something that I wasn't supposed to when, when nobody was looking at me. And it was really bad. And everyone got really mad. And I, and I remember uh, my dad's friend, who was the engineer, was like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, don't touch it. You can't do that. <laughs> oh, and that, that definitely scared me. Uh, and that taught me like, hey, maybe know what you're touching before you touch things. But, you know, babies are babies. And I was just a baby. Uh, but. <laughs> But, you know, then then I became a musician and as a musician in high school, Justin, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when you have a band and if you have any type of equipment that is, you know, uh, that can be used by many people, like, for instance, a PA system, even if it's a four channel PA with a couple of speakers, guess what? Everybody, <laughs> everybody wants to use it. Every <laughs> So I would I would be, you know not necessarily renting but i'd be like yeah you know give me 20 bucks you know give me 20 bucks and you know let you use it for the weekend house parties basement garage parties you know garage shows uh that that was the big one that was the big one and you know that that got me into like okay you know what does low frequency actually mean what does a mid frequency actually mean what am i plugging into this channel and how can i make it sound good and then that launched me into the world of av in a little bit more constructive fashion you know especially for from a live show presentation environment. Uh, it wasn't long before uh, a friend texted me saying, hey, um, oh, well, well, real quick. Uh, I, I would help out a friend of mine, Joe, and, and he, he did live events, wineries, barbecue festivals, you know, small scale regional type stuff, not like big concerts or big shows or anything. Uh, but I would push cases for them. I would set microphones up. I would run cabling. You know, I would, I would, you know, load the truck and unload and, and pack cables away at the end of a show and, you know, 10, 12 hour, 15 hour days in the hot sun on a summer. Right. So that that's where I kind of cut my teeth a little bit. And then it wasn't too long before a friend texted me and said, Hey, you know, there's a warehouse job for an AV company outside New York city. Uh, you know, they need someone who, kind of sort of knows it but you don't need to know everything and i was like all right you know i don't know anything about video i don't really know anything about lighting uh but i do know a lot about pa systems and you know that was my start so i started working in the warehouse for a company called city view audiovisual and i really credit them to launching my career today because without them you know i worked at city view for five years and, you know, I, I started in a warehouse and within three months, I was driving the truck around Manhattan. Uh, and if you've never been to Manhattan, you know, it can get crazy. You know, it's on a grid system. You know, traffic is out the wazoo. You can't park anywhere. It's a battleground for a person working commercial, anything, 
you know, whether you're driving a truck or a FedEx or a UPS truck or, or delivering equipment, you got to deal with loading zones, parking rules. Oh my God, it's a battle. So, you know, I did all that. And, and then I learned, you know, this is what lighting means. This is what a Leco is, you know, this is what uh, a Gobo is, you know, what, 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 what's, what is the difference between HDMI and HDSTI? Why do I need VGA? You know, this was, of course, 10 years ago. But mm. um, th that, was, that was the start. And I learned what all these things were. And I learned the protocols. And I learned how to work through HDCP management. Uh, I learned how to uh, boost signals across five, 600 feet of a ballroom. You know, I learned all these little minute details as opposed to, yeah, I'm the sound guy or I'm the video guy. You know, I learned what that meant yeah. and that was cool. And city of you did that for me. And that's where it all began. So how did, how did, from there, how did it end up with like going from city view to discovery? How long, how many years are you with discovery now at this stage? Uh, I, I'm coming up. So, so I call it, there's the unofficial and then there's the official. So uh, generally, and for a lot of firms, um, you know, they start you out as a contract worker because right. they don't know your skill level. They don't actually, you know, what, what if you were just padding your resume? Like, you know, so they start you as a contractor and then they bring you on full time. So I was uh, a contractor for about four, four months before they brought me on full time. So I'm coming up on my official three-year mark where I'll have worked at Discovery for three years uh, come January 7th. And that's pretty exciting. Uh, I really do enjoy it. Uh, my role there is largely end user support. And in a virtual COVID pandemic situation, that really means I'm doing a lot of Zoom meetings for people. I'm doing a lot of Zoom meetings for people. I am now like the Zoom expert, you know, for, for a, lot of, a lot of people at Discovery. And they come to me with like, oh, I need this. I need that. I got this event. How do you think I should run it? What should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? So have they put you in Discovery Channel as the main Zoom admin with access all areas of the... Pretty much, pretty portal? much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we do have like a proper UC team that manages that aspect, like actually manages Zoom room deployment. You know, I'm, I'm part of that team, but I basically go where they tell me and build the room that they tell me to build. But on the other side of my job is actually working events, both internal and external. And that's my main bread and butter. So internally, we, we uh, very exciting. Um, I could talk about it a little bit later, but we designed in-house, we designed and built our own AV control systems for our brand new event space, our large town hall event space, and our premier executive boardroom, which also has an outdoor terrace feature. So we designed these technological spaces, we brought in the equipment, we spec'd the equipment, and, you know, outside of the union labor that actually did all the cabling and hanging the actual TVs and speakers, we built it. We, we, we freaking built that. And to do it all in-house, like not engaging with a contractor, not engaging with a third-party builder, you know, to say, okay, we want uh, a Samsung Q-series, you know, OLED display in the space, you know, and they go out, they put it together, they build it and, and they do everything, you know, and they also say, okay, we're going to put in a brand new bi-amp system, you know, to control the room. And, you know, you're going to be working with Crestron. No, we didn't do any of that. We said, we are literally telling you exactly what we want. And we went through the line drawings. We did the line drawings with their designers. 
patched everything through, worked with the people who are actually running the cable, went line by line, line, line by line. And that's an experience in and of itself. Um, but all 100% in-house. Um, and we did it that way because, you know, we know in five years, most of it's going to be obsolete, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Most of it is going to have some kind of upgrade available, whether it be a hardware solution or a software solution that requires a new bit of hardware. It's it's nice that you were able to do that. Like I know from working in public sector and universities, we have our third party tenders, we have our third party contractors, and we sort of can't go over the line because that's our contract mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. It's nice to be able to go directly to manufacturers and just go, right, give us three of them, two of them, mm -hmm. and we're going to kill it out ourselves. Exactly. So I, I say you saved an, an absolute fortune as well doing it that way. Oh, for sure. For sure. We still had to engage with uh, with certain buyers. Um, you know, here, here in the U.S., it's very difficult to get equipment directly from a manufacturer. You still have to go to a buyer for it. Mm -hmm. So we do have that in line. And with that comes, you know, certain levels of... Um, Oh gosh, like a, like like maintenance services and you know on call support. So for example, we did have um, you know one of our matrix switchers was dead on arrival. So you know we we needed an immediate solve because we were gonna we were gonna uh, 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 commission this room for the following week. You know we we had a directive from an executive that says we need this room open for an event uh, on this date. And one of the key pieces of equipment to manage all the video switches was dead, just shot. You know, it was installed, powered on, but it did not function. Not a single switch actually took and blah, 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 blah. So uh, we had to get that replaced right away. We engaged with a the vendor. They're like, oh, it's going to be two to three weeks. Well, then we go to uh, one of our local places, uh, B&H, and they have it in stock. So we just, we just bought it, you know, and that's, that's sometimes what we have to do is, is, you know, we have to bypass it and go from there. Yeah. Uh, now <laughs> with, with that in mind, like you, it's one thing that I brought up before with uh, my colleague, Simon, my co-presenter, it's like, I have this really bad conspiracy theory that if you work public sector and your university, Versus if you're a private sector like the Discovery Channel or a big entity, you're going to be seen too quicker with the supply chains. Would you agree mm -hmm. or disagree? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I think I think I don't know. I mean, it seems like everybody, everybody has, um, you know, some kind of agenda, you know, some kind of political play. And I think we're all affected by this whole crisis. And it, it is what it is. You know, if you're well, lucky, you, did well you get to get lucky. You, you did well to get all the equipment so quickly during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, it, it came through. It came through. Yeah. Now, have you have you found that with some of your installs and projects that you've been working on? That's oh, sure. Thing? We yeah. uh, you know, we we wanted black cameras for our boardroom space and. I don't know. So we have white now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's just the way it is. We have white now. We have no idea if the black cameras are ever going to come, but we were able to get white ones. So we said, heck with it. Let's just get the white ones. That way we have this room functional. Yeah. And again, it's like, it's sometimes it's not about the color and the aspect. It's about the tech and it's, it actually working and doing what it's intended to do. Now, with COVID, like, uh, we've had a mixture of people like myself change job, change roles. Some people studied. You got your CTS during the COVID pandemic. I did. I did. How about that? 
How yeah. about that? I credit uh, I credit you. Thank you I very credit much. the <laughs> AV Tweeps community. I credit AV and the AM. I think it was largely a, you know, hey, listen, pre pre whatever, you know, we were we were all out there working and my focus wasn't on on my career in a way where I I could think critically about where I was going, what I was doing and what it actually looked like that I was doing. And so I was kind of always against, not against, but I didn't care. I just didn't care about CTS. It's just a couple of letters. Who the heck cares? It's not a big deal. Don't, you know, don't stress it. And I didn't, you know, and, and to this day, I still don't, but there was a change and that change uh, was largely the AV and the AM community and one of my colleagues who had his CTS already. So my colleague uh, was hired a week or two before the pandemic started. So we didn't get a whole lot of in-office stuff, but he had his CTS. And I said, you know, if the only other New York-based AV engineer in our role is going to have a CTS, I should get mine. And in conversations in, in, the, in the AV community, you know, it was very much like, yeah, you know, you should, you should, here's the value, here's the benefit, here's this, here's that, here's the other thing. So I said, the heck with it, um, you know, let me get it, let me get it. And I had a schedule to, to get the test um, March 21 of 2020 and offices closed in Manhattan, March 13, 2020. So it was, you know, hey, it is what it is. It got kicked down the road. Things got canceled. You know, I was able to get it rescheduled for December of 2020. And I did it. I did it. I got my CTS. I did, I did some studying. Uh, it was a little bit harder than I expected it to be. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't outsized. Like it definitely challenged my knowledge. Uh, it stretched things that I knew. And I definitely recommend getting the book at least, you know, touch upon chapters in the book that you may be unfamiliar with. You might be the best audio engineer in the world, but you might be the worst lighting guy in the world. And so therefore you got to check the lighting section, you know, or you need to check. Um, I know what really helped me was understanding the drawings, mm -hmm. you know, understanding, you know, the tops and the lines and, you know, what each individual piece actually means. Like if you're looking at a vertical, then, you know, what are those definitions? Because Avixa and standardized testing in general, they want you to know the keywords. You can inherently know it. Oh, yeah. Like we, we know all the buzz terms. Like, yeah. And your buzz terms could be completely different to the Irish buzz terms or the English buzz terms. And I still to this day, and I talk to a lot of the AV Brits as well, we, we find it as an American type of exam and i know i know i know the examiners and the the certificates uh committees listening to this podcast and they keep them saying well if you feel that way change it but mm. yeah i i suggest I, like there's a couple of times that i've i looked at questions like even the sample questions like this is so american yeah yeah uh, did you find that did you or, well uh, have you been subjected like from working from your workplace like as a global company do you get do you hear some Buzz terms and AV that go, you what? Well, you know, the funny thing is uh, what, what, when it comes to working with users, 
they have no idea what anything means. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you could you could say, you know, you could give a, a highly technical term and you could talk about, you know, the sound pressure level in a conference room and where it should be versus where it is. And they'll look at you like you have three heads, you know? Yeah, so you does, know? Is the mic working? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for example, you know, we, we, we had a person um, and the crazy thing, and I know, you know, you 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 can sit with a brain surgeon and you could put a microphone on them but they won't know how to use it but they're a freaking brain surgeon you know and it's like hey, i trust I you i work in the school of nursing there you go <laughs> no, no, there I you know. go so like 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 you have your area of expertise i have mine let Absolutely. me work mine and the yeah. crazy thing is like as as an av engineer you you're you're constantly fighting with people who are like well i don't understand the why help me understand the why but the real the real component to that is they don't care they actually don't care they just want it to work they just want it to work and they want to get it to good enough it doesn't have to be perfect it needs to be good enough because if you get it too perfect that introduces a whole slew of other problems um we we, we are currently dealing with a with a minor issue um well i don't know if it's truly minor but we installed Installed brand new Panasonic PTZ uh, 4K cams in our executive boardroom space. Well, it come to light that uh, during a meeting, using those cameras, uh, yeah, you can see everything. You can also see, you know, if someone has their iPad open on the table, you can see what's on that iPad oh, because wow. the camera is that so sharp. sharp. Yeah. You know, and one of the biggest complaints is like, oh, you know, the camera quality in these rooms are never that good. You know, they're, they're just blah, 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 blah. It's like, all right, well, you know, we will fix that. And so we did. And now it's, um, we don't know that we like that other people can see things on our screens. It's like, well, maybe just don't have the screen open in front of the camera. I think that is the solution you're looking for. Not necessarily, I want the camera to look worse. Mm -hmm. That is the current situation I'm in that is very, it's frustrating because you want to give a great experience. You want to give them the best. I want to see you, Justin, as clear as I possibly can. Like the we're problem is, is, as well is that I, I've experienced, and not just from my own workplace, but you'll have in universities across Ireland, I'll say across Ireland because I've worked in a couple of different ones, right? That you will have the tenders upselling instead, especially when they know that like a lot of people that they talk to don't know the AV. And right. sometimes they get caught out in the, mm -hmm. in the middle. And like, look, I've seen it even in private sector. When I worked in private sector, they were upselling and you, you say to yourself, oh, well, yeah. hold on a minute, like, that's, like, we can get something cheaper that does the exact same thing on, on the tin. Mm. And, well, and then between that and I say you've experienced this as well, you can put in a load of tech and then you get in a programmer that puts in a really crap user interface and if <laughs> the end user doesn't understand how to use it, forget it. Yep. And that's, and that's, uh, that's what we're... I've experienced only recently, you know, like let's let's change the user interface because if I'm struggling to try and find the buttons on this touch panel, so is the end user. I, the, yep. It was, yeah, why do we have to go into three different layers of... Uh, yeah, and that's why we designed our space, you know, solely and, and we, we ripped out all the automation so that way there, there could be no... The only automation that we have in the building is the actual Zoom room touchpads. That's it. Okay. There is no Crestron 
device. There is no UX design of a new software panel, you know, that's IP based that you touch to bring the shades down and then the VC starts. None of that. There's none of that. We ripped it all out because there have been so many complaints about it throughout, throughout my career of working with all these different systems. Every building I go to, the technology, the, the cameras might be great. The mics might be perfect. You know, they might be the best solution for the space, but the software that controls it is such garbage that mm. you're just like, forget it, forget it. I, I don't even want to be bothered. Oh, did you stick with, <laughs> this, this sounds like a very personal work question. Did you stick with the Questron user interfaces or did you? No, nope. you you, all gone. You, all gone. Did you still use the Questron touch panels or did you just use an open source? We, we use their, we use their touch panels. Uh, we use their hardware for sure, mm. but it's all the Zoom, um, the Zoom software. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a strict Zoom room. You know, we, we we come in, we drop the Zoom. We have the little Intel nooks. We drop them in the room, plug everything in, get the room commissioned and online. We walk away. Super. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the nice thing is, like Zoom rooms have come out with a lot of JSON applications. Yes. Only recently, that's going to change the whole approach of that. That you don't need to get in the Crestron programmer, which in Ireland, I can tell you now, it's few and far between. You can't get programmers. And the right reason being is programmers are not paid properly in, I, yeah. I could even say programmers I are can not believe paid that. properly in UK and Ireland. That's that's the difference. Like, I just can believe don't... that. Yeah. I uh, mean, there's also the fact that, you know, there, there's definitely a, a, there's definitely wage inequality across everywhere, no matter where you go, every industry. Uh, and especially I think in technology, even even more so because everyone comes in with a different skill set. And I think companies can get away with, you know, like now I have a CTS letter at the end of my name. So I would expect that if I were to go to an AV company, they would know what that means. And so I would get a little bit more money, you know, because I did that. But there could be someone who is significantly better than me at at that job and they'll get paid, you know, significantly less all because of that designation. Right. And that's realistically why I went out and got it's the sort designation. Of, yeah, it's, way, of, you know, yeah. it's sort of answers <laughs> the question that I was going to ask, like, have you found that people treat you differently now that you have the CTS? Uh, inside the industry, yes. At work, I don't think anybody cares. Nobody knows what CTS means. Uh, I had someone actually ask me what it meant. And, you know, I, I had that happy moment of explaining what it is I actually do and what it, what it actually means. And they were like, oh, wow, that's really neat. That's really cool. You know, but, but nobody cares. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of a bummer. Like, like I, I remember I texted, um, I texted my boss, you know, and then he was like, oh, that's great. You know, I'm so happy. And then uh, I was talking to uh, his, his boss's boss. And, and he was like, oh, what, what's CTS? And I was like, oh, well, I explained it. And he was, oh, well, what'd you get that for? And I was like, well, you know, you, you, you should be happy that I got it. Why aren't you happy that I got it? like you should be gassing me up and saying, you know, let me reimburse you for that because I'm a member of your team that went out and got a higher level of education surrounding this job function and you're clueless. And the way that I always play it over the years that I've had my CTS now is to go play it back on the fact that, okay, your company has a standard. Well, now mm -hmm. I'm adhering to global audiovisual standards and that's what my mm -hmm. CTS is all about. And that's, that's what, sort of where I push back. Now you yeah, talk a, yeah. you talked a lot, Mike, about 
your installs, will you go further? Will you go and do the I or the D? I would love to get the design uh, accreditation. Um, the, you know, the more I think about it, the more I am looking to uh, get away from strictly end user support. Uh, I think for me as an individual, I have learned a lot about myself and uh, trying to make everybody happy is not something I can do anymore. So I just need to make me happy. And I would rather work with like like-minded engineers. I'd like to work on a system, maybe designing it, maybe just building it, you know, or, or, or consultation, you know, and helping people understand best practices and what the best solution might be for technology side. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I could definitely see myself going further with the, uh, with the accreditations. But that's not that's not the main goal in life for me. Um, I think if, that's going to be the closure of, of the podcast, Mike. Mike is tired of making people happy. And we've been talking about Zoom <laughs> for the past 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Making people happy is their slogan. Making people but happy. Mike, Mike is tired of making people happy. Look, man. <laughs> it's near Christmas. Because happy doesn't mean anything anymore, Justin. <laughs> happy doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, you can have a perfect Zoom experience, and you walk away, and you'll be, you'll be mad about something else. And, and you know, it, it, I'll, I'll never hear, thank you for a great event. Thank you for your hard work making well, this happen we, for we us. No, as AV, AV professionals, uh, Mike, that we're only as good as our last gig, whether it's a live event uh -huh. or not. You 100%. Know, if, if that room doesn't work, if it's work 364 days a year and it doesn't work one day, you're going to be remembered for the one day it doesn't work. <laughs> no trust me and that 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 that's a real that's a real really real statement and anyone listening to this you know if you take anything away from this podcast it's you're only as good as your last show i don't care what you did you know five six seven years ago i don't care you know what cool thing you're working on you're only as good as your last event and that's that is a mantra that i've repeated to myself and i beat my like that's that's you know, I'm really harsh on myself when something goes wrong and I know I could have done better, man, I can't tell you just how like dejected and upset I get, whether it was a technological failure that I simply could not have prevented or whether it was a work process thing that I forgot, you know, because whatever reason beat myself up so harshly. And, you know, sometimes I take that harshness and it sticks with me through the next one. Mm. And, you know, lessons learned, right? Like hard lessons have to be learned sometimes. And sometimes you have to relearn them, Justin. Yeah. Like sometimes you have to relearn some basics. And I think it's okay to have to do that. But I do think that you need to ensure that you are working towards not having that happen. Yeah, I look, I think... To be honest, Mike, for me, like, and going back to trying to make people happy, I think at this stage in our industry, I think everyone now, <laughs> people go just further than our industry. People are burnt out now at this stage and just yes. down to Christmas. And thank God, like, I, I've, I'm burnt, man. I, I, I'm, I'm finished work now for, until the new year. Thank God, you know, but like, I, I still have my 2022 diary. Um, a full A4 page where I've written down, sort of prioritized what I have to do in on the fourth of January when I go back onto campus. It's that busy, you know, and yeah, just people like yeah, it sounded great that we were in lockdown and we could just sort of like work from home and. 
who knows if people are wearing if we're wearing pajamas underneath the table or whatever but to actually getting back to a physical workplace it seemed like we've been playing catch up this whole year we've been playing catch up and i don't like this hybrid environment i do not like it whatsoever it is absolute garbage it's garbage because uh we screwed up the av industry screwed up we did too good keeping people online and on the network we did it so well that now people have an expectation that it can be done everywhere for everything and every experience will be perfect and as a result of that um you know and and tell me what you think justin if i have an event and you know it's a zoom meeting and i want to see everyone's face i'm the host i want to see everyone's face on the screen but guess what there are the old way of doing things was book out a conference room and pack everyone in the conference room to watch it, to be a part mm -hmm. of that meeting from a conference room. But you don't get to see everyone's face inside of a conference room. You get to see a wide angle view. And if you're lucky, maybe it's a really fancy conference room and it has some automated software switching that can pick up the people who talk and auto frame them. It might right. be a couple seconds delay, but you might get lucky or you might be even luckier and that room will be packed and operated by an AV technician, somebody like you or I, who can manually switch cameras and maybe focus in on who's talking. Or can feed back and say, hey, yeah, there were 20 people in this room. I don't know who they were, but there were 20 people. But now in Zoom meetings, if you as the boss, as the manager, you want to see who's attended, you can't do that if there's a conference room joined. So you miss that human element. You've now removed that human element that we've tried so hard to bring to AV technology. Mm. Well, yes, yes and no. I'll go yes and no. If, if they want it, they can still get it through the Zoom stats and see who's in the in the rooms um, and see who's joined the meeting. But well, not uh, if you join from a conference room, though, if you've got 10 people who all go into a conference room, oh, well, there's too. no yeah, you can see yeah. you can see that the conference room is there, but you yeah, as, know as the, the names user, of those yeah. 10 people. Of course. So as a as a as a as a business manager, I might be like, well, Yo, Justin Dawson did not join this meeting. He hasn't joined the past several meetings. Um, let's pull him in for a review, you know? And you'll be like, dude, I was on all those. I was in the conference room, blah, 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 blah. That, that is yeah. what is happening now. And it's, it's our fault, Justin, because we did so well connecting everybody that now there's an expectation. And here's the other side of that coin, because there is a solution, but it's a little clunky. You can have everyone BYOD, drop yep. it onto the conference room table, join that Zoom meeting from their laptop, and then they can use the conference room system, but just have their camera open on their face. Yes, yeah. That's the solution. Does anyone want to do that? No, nobody wants to do that. Or I think like Zoom came out with a load of stats. I know it, this program, it, it is, this podcast is about Mike Slammer. We're going to get to that as well, but we're talking <laughs> about Zoom here. But no, it, it's, it's good to, to talk about it because Zoom came out with stats, Mike. And I know we're, we're two big Zoomy people that use Zoom mm -hmm. all the time. But Zoom came out with stats of how many people have their cameras on during meetings and how many don't. And it's nearly like nearly 60% to 40% who don't turn on their cameras during a virtual meeting. It, to be honest, it drives me nuts. I think it's the only time that you should have your camera off is if you have an emergency. And yes, people are working from home, people have mm. kids or whatever, but does anyone care? Like, do you, to be quite honest now, okay, you're, you're working in a broadcast company. 
that might mm-hmm. be a difference if someone's presenting a, a program and has a baby or a cat on their lap. But for mm-hmm. the likes of me in a in a, on campus or whatever, I've been supporting webinars, I've been supporting meeting calls, and I've had my child on on my lap during the the beginning of the year when creches were closed, when schools were closed. You know what? Mm. I've seen all types of scenarios. I'm sure you have too, where people have been working from home and they're sitting in beside their yep. washing machine or tumble dryer. You know, I have. Uh, I've seen some crazy setups. Yeah, yeah. So, like, do we actually care? You know, at that stage. I, I agree. I agree with you on the attendance and how to how can we solve it in in that type of view. But there's then like I'm not going to pick out even my campus. All campuses have have sort of in Ireland started pushing back. Well, it's the students' experience. The students should be on campus. But there is students that travel the length and breadth of Ireland to come to Dublin campus and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know so. If there's travel restrictions, if the cost of accommodation in Dublin is so high, why can't it be blended learning? Why can't it be that? That's where hybrid works, in my view. It it can have its benefits as well as its flaws. So um, sure, but I guess you're just <laughs> you're, you're just done with the complaint. There, there's too many people who want who want to go back to the way things were, and, and it's things it's never are, go. are it, it never will. It never will. And and trying to like it, it's you're trying to steer this giant ship of different individuals, different ideas, different ways of going about doing things. And you're trying to steer everybody. This is the thing about having standards, having audiovisual standards. You know, I I got my CTS, you have your CTS, like, like we know what the standards are and we can, you and I can talk and, and connect and be like, yes, this makes sense. But a lot of people don't, they're just used to doing things the way they've always done them. And so trying to write the ship post well, not post, we are still in the pandemic, but, you know, post lockdowns and getting people back into the office, uh, that's really difficult. That's really difficult. Mm. Now, you, you, you mentioned, um, well, before we go into your music, have you been to Infocom yet? No, I have never been to Infocom. Okay, because I, and are you, like, with trade shows, do you attend? Any I would orders? love to go. I would yeah. love to go, but there's there's a cost benefit, and unfortunately, these trade shows are so expensive. You have to register. The flights are outrageous. The hotels are outrageous. You get gouged left and right. And for a regular guy like myself, I don't have. A, I'm not a fancy salesman. You know, I don't. I don't have. I don't wear a tie everywhere I go. You know, I, I don't. I don't have that that vibe. Uh, you know, so I don't go to these these trade shows. And you know, um, I would love to because I, I would love to meet my peers, my colleagues. Um, I, I would love to you know spend some time with people who I know have a lot more to offer uh, that that I could benefit from, and also from the other way around. Well, I like where I was going with that lead on, on type of questions is because um, ISE is coming up in in February. I was going right. to Kent, and then I was thinking Barcelona, then then Omicron, mm. and just like no, I pulled the plug. And do you know what? It's sad to think that we're coming into the second year of Barcelona. It did happen last year. Fair play to Mike Blackman and all the team mm. um, uh, to to pull it off and and get it going. I've heard from more and more manufacturers that are going mm, and, and asking me because like, you know, I'm an end user and 
some some bit of an integrator of are you going and i was yeah and, and they they all said that like they that he asked that company and that salesperson actually told me that he hadn't spoke to one person in any universities in ireland that were actually attending ise next year and more and more you see manufacturers doing their own thing and especially when it's coming to a virtual environment more people mm-hmm. are, are just doing virtual events now to be honest i'm sick of doing virtual trade show events you know does I, I love to be able to physically hold the product but again i think as we come into year two and potentially year three of this pandemic that more and more it's going to be the crestrons the extrons the the samsung's inviting people like LG have their own little hub. Harman have their own little experience hub in mm-hmm. England. Now they're just going to invite end users over to their place rather than go I'll to. I'll tell you what, I I I I took part in a virtual event hosted by Logitech. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was an hour long event. Uh, a half hour of it was dedicated to beer tasting and music. They had a singer songwriter come on. Uh, they they had a. Gosh, I can't remember the name of the brewery, but they had one of the brew, one of the bartenders from the brewery came on. They talked about the beer. They sent you the pack. They sent you a six pack of beer Mm -hmm. and you got to sit there virtually in in a meeting, drink these beers, you know, taste all of them, get to know it a little bit and then finished off with a couple of songs from a singer songwriter who was local to that brewery. And that was a really cool event. I loved it. We had about a half hour dedicated to the actual products from Logitech, you know, the different uh, rally bars and webcams and things that they had on offer. And then the other half hour was just relax, guys, have fun, you know, and that I really appreciate it. I really, really gave major props to Logitech for doing that because it wasn't your your prototypical, you know, here's our product suite. Ask us questions. Are you a buyer? What's your title? You know, who are you in your organization? That kind of and how much money stuff do you I have, have to, to spend yes. every year? What's oh, your yeah. budget? Yeah. 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 Are you a decision maker? It's like, <laughs> ah, man. And do you know what, Mike? We're going to have you again on another show because I, between that, that's one of my AV pet hates. And my other hmm. AV pet hate is getting LinkedIn posts and recruitment companies contact me. It's like, we have a job that you'd be. It's totally suitable for okay, okay. Uh, and and you go. Uh, can you send me the job description? So that that means that we can put you forward for it. It's like you haven't yeah. even told me what the job was, and right. secondly, what's the salary? Oh well, it's depending on your experience. What mm-hmm. is your salary? What is the salary? A- uh, did did have you seen my my LinkedIn profile recently? I I've updated it. No, I haven't. So, no. so my my about section. So I. I you know, much like every other AV person, you know, there's so many like connection requests and all this. So my about page says, hello, thank you for your interest in my profile. If we are not already connected, then before sending me a message, identify which of the below is not a starship, but a software program. (laughs) And I go, I list out a whole bunch of famous starships from sci-fi. Like you got the Millennium Falcon, you got the Enterprise. I've got some space shuttles on there, you know, and then I've got keynote. (laughs) 
<laughs> Apple's keynote is what I'm looking for in an answer. So I had one person who I'm talking with later today uh, who actually did the right thing and said, oh, I think it's keynote, but let me know if I'm wrong. I'd love to chat anyway. <laughs> like, Thank you. It worked. It worked. I still get people who ignore it completely. And I just basically click decline right out of the gate. I just, I don't know, man. I don't have the patience. Uh, no, I, I get I get a lot of links from doing the podcast as well, and then you have yep. a lot of the Asian companies that say, "Right, so you're going to get fifty thousand of our products." It's like, sorry, what are you selling? What fifty thousand? <laughs> what now? What now? Now we talked about live events and how things are, but you've you've taken a gamble. You've uh, you you still have your main job in the Discovery Channel, but you're still doing music. Are you actually getting out to gig? With oh yeah. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. So, uh, not 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 recently. Um, uh, it's twofold. So, yes, I I play guitar, I sing, um, and I recently put out a little EP, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but my background, really, you know, I've always been in bands, and this is my first solo quote unquote effort. So. A few months ago, I, I was going out, I was playing like, you know, at least two or three gigs a month. Um, and I had hoped to continue that. But work is work and life is life. And sometimes things have to take priority. So, you know, I haven't been gigging recently, but I did drop my EP uh, uh, last month. It's been out for about three weeks now. Um, and, you know, yeah, I, I love gigging, man. There's nothing like getting on stage and, and being under the lights and entertaining and, and having a good time and, you know, my whole thing, my philosophy, if you will, behind life is good food, good drink, good people. Mm -hmm. And if you think about all your pivotal, pivotal moments in life, you know, whether it's a birthday or a graduation or a celebration, there are two things that are always there and that's food and drink. And people, people will never remember People will always remember if you have good food and they will always remember if you have bad food. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, have good food, have good drink, have good people around. And I want to be involved in that. I want to entertain. I want to bring an element because, you know, uh, uh, I, I do love to cook. You know, I've, I've home brewed. I love good beers. And I think it's so crucial that that experience is one of pure joy. Because people getting together for weddings and feasts and celebrations, you think about the Vikings when they would come back from raiding and, and they would have these giant feasts and of ale and, and whatever. <laughs> and, and that, you know, the music is going, the bards are playing. And that's who I am, man. I'm just, I'm just a bard out here, you know, waiting, waiting for the feast to begin so, so I can do my part. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. I, I just love that atmosphere. And COVID shutting everything down is such a crappy, like, it sucks the joy right out of you. And, mm. and, and that's really where it comes down to. But, you know, for, for my music, it's just me, man. And I just wanted to get it out there because COVID is a catalyst for change. Both technology here, being as we're AV people, and as individuals what's important to you? What's important to your loved ones? Is it your job? That kind of sucks if it's, if that's like your main focus. Um, and you know, like I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. I, I think having that type of work ethic where you would, um, sacrifice time with your family, friends, and loved ones in exchange for your job. 
I used to hustle in my 20s and I missed out on so many things that I wish I didn't because mm. I decided, no, work is more important right now. It wasn't, man. It wasn't. And COVID, let me tell you, positive change for, I hope, a lot of people. Work is not that important. And oh, oh, like I call it the COVID. We'll all be all right. I call it the COVID contemplation. People have had yeah. time in Ireland and England and further field to actually go, is this the job I want to do? I know, yeah. I know so many people that like, yeah, they got the pandemic payments and then decided, you know what? I don't want to do this job anymore. You know, and yeah. I, I don't, I don't just mean AV. It's just in general, like anything, just, anything. Yeah, they, 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 it was an eye opener. It's like, I want to spend yeah. time with my family, you know, or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's great that you've been able to take your passions and be able to now, did you record in studio or did you use your own home studio and record to the EP? Or? Ah, this is where it gets real fun. So I put out the CP. It's called The What If Game. It's available Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, where, wherever you, you listen. You can also uh, check it out, mikeslamer.bandcamp.com, and you can purchase your own copy or an individual song if you want. Uh, and I actually recorded all of these songs roughly 10 to 15 years ago. So okay. they've been sitting, sitting in an archive forever. And, um, you know, I never really thought to use, so, you know, long story short, it was always in bands and, uh, you know, the, the, these were songs that I recorded, uh, to be as part of a band release, but those bands broke up as things do people went on their separate ways. So all these songs were just been kind of sitting and I never did anything with them because there was nothing to do with them. What am I going to do? Put it out under my own name. Who am I? Nobody cares. Well, over the past, you know, I, I, I went to work, I did my job, I did my thing, you know, life happened uh, and music kind of got put on the back burner, but I continued to play in bands, play out every so often. But these songs didn't really have anywhere to go. So finally, uh, my brother told me, hey, listen, just put it out. These are good songs. Just do it. If, if people love it, then they love it. And if they hate it, they're never going to say anything to you anyway. So don't even worry about it. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fair point. So did a whole package, put it all together, uh, called up my mix engineer. We're still friends to this day. And I said, hey, you know, remember those songs that we did all those years ago? Like, oh, yeah, I got them. It's like, well, let's do a real thing. Let's let's put it together. You know, like, like, like let's mix them. We'll produce them. We'll put together a little package. We'll get it out there. And so we did. And over the course of the pandemic, uh, Joe, my mix engineer and I, we, we had several phone conversations. We emailed back and forth. We would send, he would send the tracks over and I would say, love this sound. Don't love that sound. Let's go back to the drawing board and, and maybe uh, remove, uh, you know, the, the, the reverb on the track or let's double the track or let's do this instead. So we were working with all things that were recorded about 15 years ago. And he still had them in the archive, right? He doesn't delete anything. I love that guy. And today we have now a package that's a little bit more modernized, even though the songs are written through that lens of like 15 years ago or however long, uh, the, the sound is now modern and it's big and it's grand and it has a real feel to it. And that is something really exciting that I didn't expect to get. You know, I expected him to maybe like, you know, just do a couple of patches on them, you know, may, may, maybe check to make sure that all the snare hits are, are actually on the beat, you know, make sure that everything sounds good and is leveled and, and he would master it and put it out there. But he went big. We, 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 we went in track by track, note by note. Super, super. So you're going to play one of the, the songs. How many, how many songs on the EP now? 
So there are five songs, the what if game, uh, five songs. It's, uh, you know, like, like I call myself a singer songwriter. It's very acoustic rock based. The first track on the album is called push. It's got this like kind of it's it. I wrote it uh, in a drop D tuning. Uh, and it's just, it's got this drive to it. It's very collective soul vibe. Uh, a lot of staccato hits, uh, heavy bass going on and some real mean raunchy lead guitar stuff. Uh, definitely one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um, the song hold on, which is the song I'm going to play for you. It's, it's very kind of an upbeat, uh, and, and I wrote it using, um, it's still, it's still an A chord, but the way that I played it is kind of in like a seventh position. So if you were to play an A to an A, just like an A note to the chord, you'd be like, hold on a second. Something doesn't work right here. <laughs> so it's really cool. I was experimenting with some different chord voicings in that song. And that's where it came from, you know, like, cause you know, it, as you write things and play and practice, suddenly something turns into another thing and then you have to build it. So I did. And that's the song I'll play for you in a minute. Uh, but my favorite song on the album is Do You Think of Me? Uh, big acoustic ballad. Uh, folks who have bought the album, you know, a lot of people have come back and said it's their favorite track. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, I, I just, you know, I love hearing all this feedback. You know, it's so gracious. Working with the Discovery Channel, Mike, you know, are you going to do some music videos? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, I'd have, uh, I mean, ho hopefully no one from legal is going to hear this. <laughs> uh, and they'll be like, what do you mean you're going to do a music video? That's a conflict of interest. Uh, no, no. I mean, you know, like, like we, we do have like music supervisors and there's like a whole way to submit like music through it. So I was kind of sort of thinking like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that and see if someone picks it up. And in that vein, it's like, oh, it'll just, it'll happen. And I don't have to stress it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's have a, a bit of your, your track. We're going to actually end out on your track. Mike, it's been great talking to you. I, I always have fun with Mike when he comes on to a podcast. We have to do more of these in 2020. Oh, I'd love because... to. There's so much to talk about. I have so many more things to say. That's, yeah, well, I, I love an opinionated AV professional that like Mike, that we, we could talk about so much tech, so much, oh, so many yeah. things have, have happened. You know, oh. um, we can do the Irish and American perspective on audiovisual and COVID and yep. we know we know we know which side of the camp that Mike lies in because you know his room is painted blue for for no particular reason. <laughs> it's <laughs> a calming know. color. It's a calming yeah. color. Yeah, compared Does to Does it red. work? I don't know. Am I it, calm? Do I sound calm? You do sound calm. You do sound All right, calm. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, great talking to you. If, if people want to get in touch with you, get the song, where do they go to? Sure, sure. You can always find me on Twitter at Mike Slamer, M-I-K-E-S-L-A-M-E-R. I'm sure Justin will make sure he he puts that with the correct spelling in the uh, in the description below the podcast episode. Um, but you can find me there. My website is uh, called slamtownstudios.com. So make sure you check out my website. You can find all my music there from all the many, many, many years, everything that was released and some things that were unreleased. So if you care, I don't know if anyone's like a, a, a hardcore Mike Slamer fan out there. Uh, there are actually a few hardcore Mike Slammer fans out there, but it's a different Mike Slammer. He was a guitarist for a 70s rock band called City Boy <laughs> back in the right. day. 
And he also played, uh, he did the guitar solo on Warren's Cherry Pie. So, you know, he, he's also done a, a number of other things. He's, he's a real shredder, real great. So, like, so Mike, musician. are you telling me that, like, you get hate mail and you go, all right, just a long slamer. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's never been hate mail. It's always like, are you Mike Slamer? Are you the guy? Oh, my God, I loved your work. And I have to be like, man, that dude is like 50 years older than me. Just look at the picture. <laughs> It's really funny though. Uh, but yes, you can find you know me at uh, slamtownstudios.com. You can find me uh, just on Twitter. I mean, I don't really go anywhere else. I have a Facebook, but I'm never on it. So don't find me there. <laughs> you know that every AV tweet and AV, every AV professional and AV on the AM is going to pick up and try and find who those other mic slamers. Go for it. Go for <laughs> it. I mean, that, that that's that's hilarious. I've reached out to him. I've actually tried to message him and be like, hey, uh, you know, I get a lot of your mail. <laughs> no response. <laughs> no, no response. Uh, I bet it'd be different if, if, if people were sending you money for their his tracks and oh that'd be great <laughs> yeah, like great. please yeah. please make the mistake of thinking i am him and buy my music <laughs> that could yes mike i'm gonna leave you out and let you play the song and it's been great talking to you buddy Happened so fast. Goodbyes are harder alone. No there to take you home. I lost girl, what you looking for? This leaf should do you good. I know you're not leaving forever. Lost all the time spent together. And see.
Mike, I, I really do enjoy having Mike on the podcast. That's all from episode 55 of the All Things Techie podcast. I'm Justin Dawson. Thank you so much for tuning in. Merry Christmas to you all. Have a great new year. Hope you all decide to join in on the podcast at some stage in 2022 and more regular podcasts as well. For me, Justin, and on behalf of Simon as well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and talk to you next year. Goodbye.